0: Hello, and welcome to Light Above Solitude, a podcast for the multifaceted soul. I'm your host, Kalia, a.k.a. the Spiritual Dog Mom. Light Above Solitude illuminates your path to self-discovery and growth on a soul level through mindset, holistic health, intentional living, and the exploration of elements and tools used in modern spirituality. I'm an unapologetic dog mom who's obsessed with growth and the magical synchronicities of life. I love helping women who feel stuck playing small discover their natural talents and abilities so that they can gain confidence, find purpose, and live a joyful, soul-aligned life. Throughout this podcast, I will be inviting guests to chat on their expertise as well as provide some thoughts of inspiration on being a dog mom. Because truth be told, the dogs in our lives are truly spiritual creatures. Animals have helped me along every step of my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment, and I'm ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. So make sure you stay connected at All Alright, time to get lit. All right, today we have the brilliant and amazing Ermi Ravel of the Eternal Paradigm podcast. And if you follow me on Instagram at the Spiritual Dog Mom or the Light Above Solitude Facebook page, I am sure that her name sounds familiar because I was recently a guest on Eternal Paradigm. In fact, it was my very first time being a guest on another person's show. And I'm so very thankful it was you. So thank you for being here today, Ermi. It's a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me. You will hear noises in the background because the dishwasher is running. Yeah, so it's, you know, but it's all good they're all kind of it's white noise to kind of get everyone feeling relaxed and there rigid. you go yes that is
0: necessary and I also have to say a disclaimer if you do hear something from my end also I'm house sitting right now and I have two extra dogs and we have like a hardwood floor so you might hear some nails walking by or whatever so apologies but I'm sure this episode will be worth it <laughs>
1: Oh, that sounds brilliant. But just to say thank you for joining me on Eternal Paradigm because I I absolutely loved our conversation. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you today.
0: Yes, thank you so much. You're so amazing, I love you. (laughs) All right, so basically we're just gonna have kind of like a soul-to-soul chat about your experiences with dogs and with life in general. Because as I've gotten to know you and work with you a few times um, closer, like we have, like your insights and your wisdom are so understated is the only word that I could really come up with. And it still doesn't feel quite right, but you're just so humble. And I just want to hear more and more from you. And I know that you don't necessarily like being the center of attention or in the spotlight, but your voice is so powerful and I need to bring it to the world more and more and more. So honestly, I didn't prepare too many questions for us today. I just want to see how this conversation goes and I hope that you don't mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that sounds totally cool. I kind of, I think I'm questioned out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is definitely a thing in the podcast world, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard thinking about questions constantly, but I just... Thank you so much for what you just said. Apart from the fact that I probably will start crying if I carry on listening. <laughs> oh my God, that's so lovely. Oh, I'm just, I'm sitting on a, a bit of a squeaky chair as well, so just to add in oh, the noise you're disclaimer, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, what were those two up to? Interesting noises. <laughs> yes,
0: we're professionals, don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is how we roll. <laughs> so, so you said, soul to soul chat right yeah it let's do get, this yeah our conversations do get pretty deep though don't they
0: <laughs> yes which I am totally into I feel like just starting a spiritual podcast in general I've met so many people that I just connect automatically on just a deeper level where I don't know if I'd really have that in real life I don't think I have that in real life unless it's you know years of friendship that we've built up or something right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely Absolutely. And that's one thing I love about this is, although actually I'm probably one of those people that would end up having quite a philosophical or spiritual conversation while I'm out shopping. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I get it all the time and my daughter will be like, can you just move, please? Stop. You just came out to get carrots. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing starts. But you know what? I think it's just an energy thing, right? You plug into people. Um, well, I do plug into people and it's like, oh, let's turn shopping for vegetables into something more otherworldly. <laughs> yes. Gosh, you
0: have to have those moments in your day-to-day life. Otherwise, what's it for? Really?
1: <laughs> yes, I totally, totally agree. So right now, how many dogs have you got in total?
0: Right now we're four and there's some chickens outside and um, <laughs> there would be two cats except my dogs who are guests in this home. Um, um, kind of scared one off <laughs> so hopefully she'll come back later in the week. This is only our first night here and we have sat for them before so um, sh- the cat's familiar with me so hopefully I can get her to come back.
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. So your dog's saying and you're Dogs have already. Sorry, your house sitting, and there's a whole kind of family that comes with that. Yes, yes. I love that. I love that. So when I do actually get around to getting my dog, and you're in the UK, yes, could call (laughs) them.
0: Absolutely. I used to um dog sit um via an app called Rover. I don't know if you have it over there, Uh um. But yeah, it's kind of like uh craigslist or and that's one of the dogs groaning on the floor (laughs) sorry (laughs) but (laughs) it's a it's an app that connects pet sitters with people who need um pet services and I really enjoyed it because I got to meet so many different animals and I almost sat for a potbelly pig, which would have been amazing. I did the meet and greet. I apparently was one of the people that he bonded with right off the bat. So stoked, but then they ended up not needing a sitter. So I never actually got to stay with him, but meeting him was adorable.
1: (laughs) That is so cute. A potbelly pig
0: yes and with of course the potbelly pig had a brother named harley so um the harley was a lab so it was a dog and a pig but of course you know being a pet sitter you want to talk about the pig
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely what was the pig's name
0: oh gosh dewey dewey
1: oh how cute is that
0: yes super cute he was named uh um after the road he was found on so they rescued him from Dewey Road. And so that was his name. <laughs> so oh, cute. So cute. That is
1: really, really cute. I love that. Yeah.
0: I ended up not um, moving forward with Rover because there was a lot of um, people needing overnight stays, which is fine. I did those. Um, but they would pull me away from my dog, rider. And so I ended up feeling a lot more homesick away with other people's dogs and missing my dog than I was able to bring him with me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so um, that was really hard, (laughs) to be honest. But for friends like these people we're staying with or some of our other friends who have other animals, it's easy to stay with them because we're able to bring our dogs with us. And so um, we're all able to enjoy (laughs) the stay. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, that's actually really important because if you're feeling, you know, like you're homesick or you feel like a part of these missing, it's not nice.
0: No, no, it was really hard. Um, and one of, the, one of the last days I did was for uh, two, what are they called? Border Terriers, I think. Um, they're smaller dogs. One was like 15 Casey was amazing shape for his age. And the other was just a puppy, Casey and Casey had so much energy (laughs) and the owner had a very minimalistic household. And so Casey's bark would echo off the walls and the floors. And I ended up (laughs) getting an ear infection the week I stayed with him and I just like was in so much pain which didn't add to missing my buddy (laughs) and it was oh man it was just really tough but um, the appreciation from the owners once they got home and knowing that their pets were cared for was definitely um, something I miss. Yeah
1: no absolutely but it's lovely that you're here together now
0: yes yes for sure
1: so are you got have you got any plans to add any more dogs or pets to your brood
0: Ooh, to my personal pack
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh gosh I I often look at who's quote on the market
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> interesting.
0: there's a website called pet finder and you uh-huh. can put in you know your zip code and find whoever's Close. It uh, brings in all the rescues and all the all the places, and so I often look at who's out there, and um, I I wish them all good homes. But I don't know if I'm ready for another dog. I've thought about a cat, um, just to like help Lena get over her. Her prey drive; she kind of has a thing for smaller animals. (laughs) But if she had one in her pack, I feel like Mm -hmm. she'd be more accepting of outside animals. And Mm -hmm. then I've also thought about a bunny because I miss having rabbits. (laughs) Oh, I love. They're so fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when was the last time you had a rabbit?
0: Oh gosh. Um, it was definitely when I lived at home with my parents because my little sister, she did 4-H and so she had a ton of different rabbits. Like, I feel like we had at least 10 at a, one time and then, you know, slowly cycled through. She would show some or we'd breed another and then keep one of the babies and sell the other babies. Yeah, it was crazy. So. <laughs> wow.
1: That's so interesting. I love that. So, yeah, so, you know, I don't yet have a pet. Well, we yes. don't have a family pet yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting though, because I grew up with pets. Had a family dog, we had several cats, um, yeah, lots of goldfish, well, <laughs> you know.
0: Yes, sort of yes. standard
1: thing. Although, although goldfish actually, you know, they really—I guess—they were kind of my earliest um, understanding of what loneliness truly feels like. Because, oh wow, we have dogs. No, <laughs> of course, though. that's
0: Ryder mine, so I have to. Of course, I'm going to blame it on being in a new space, maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let Ryder come join the combo.
0: I know he has things to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: but goldfish I remember having goldfish I remember them being super hard to keep alive
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what and it that's, was that's the thing they were my first kind of I guess experience of what loneliness really must feel like because mm. they're in a bowl constantly being watched and you can put two or three in there and, and they turn on each other as well when they get really lonely. yes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's that it was that was quite an interesting learning curve right because you're you're told goldfish are really kind of simple beings they don't really do much but actually no they can become quite vicious and they can turn so quickly and it's all because of this feeling of disconnection and feeling almost like they're together but it's okay to turn on each other and yeah definitely hard to keep alive for all of those reasons
0: yes yeah interesting to think about that I've never quite thought about it in the in the connection to being disconnected um you know being as like an exhibit you're just on display for the world but you you don't have any real connection to the 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 people's world like you have your own little bubble
1: (laughs) yeah and you're constantly looking out and being kind of you know fishbowl so in coaching we have this term called the fishbowl when we're training and and you're you're watching this thing but actually in a coaching context with other humans and you're able to kind of talk and communicate and hide it's different but to actually it's your life that must be quite hard
0: yeah wow yeah who would have thought so (laughs) (laughs) So we did put two and two together at one point and realized that whenever we changed the or cleaned the bowl, changed the water in the fish tank that shortly after um, (laughs) they would pass. So one of our fish, we decided we were never going to clean his fish tank and he became completely covered in algae to the point where we couldn't see him and he couldn't see us so i'm wondering now how he must have felt whether he felt more more comfort not being the exhibit not being on display and being able to hide away and do his own fish thing his own fish life or whether he felt more disconnected because now he can't even see outside see what's going on interesting
1: Interesting. (laughs) but did he live for longer
0: he did he lived the longest and he Ooh. got the biggest. He oh, had plenty to feed on.
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, that is interesting. That is really interesting. But I guess it... he
0: was happy if he lived a long life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. He's lived for longer. He got bigger. And he wasn't constantly on display. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. What can we <laughs> take <tick> of this? <laughs> oh, let's analyze this one. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm thinking of social
1: media. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, tell me about Gosh. it, right? It is so interesting what we can learn from from animals. Like, yes. it's just incredible. But although, having said that, I should add a disclaimer. Is I did not spend my childhood carrying out these social experiments on <laughs> right like, that wasn't kind of what I was doing um I should just add in there yes know.
0: definitely an after fact I'm sure
1: yes. <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it wasn't my mission to do that <laughs> <laughs> so
0: what other kind of animals did you have growing up
1: oh we had loads of cats loads of cats and we we had one family dog and he was like he joined us so my mum and dad used to refer to him as their son. His name was Rocky, <laughs> obviously his name was Rocky. I mean, it wouldn't be <laughs> anything else, right? And um, my sister, I think my sister was probably maybe three years old when, when Rocky came into our lives. And he was, I want to say he was about six weeks old when he joined us. And he was, oh gosh, he was just incredible. Just, he was you know because we got him so young he was this incredible playful energy but what really started to show up with him was he had a very wise soul and it's this juxtapositioning of this incredibly wise soul with this really playful character <laughs> and you know you can imagine and so he would he would sit there you know when my parents were going through kind of life's trials and tribulations he would be there really kind of standing with them side by side mm. kind of there and yeah at the same time he would be this playful character with, with me and my sister Or and he had this really interesting relationship with my sister where he would actually let her, her sit on his back <laughs> yeah and it was like okay so he, he would be happy playing horsey and she, the funniest thing yeah oh god it really was the funniest thing was um you know like my parents, well, my mom especially was a pure vegetarian. So the thought of having to feed the dog what is mm-hmm. natural for right. dogs, she would basically go into like freak out mode, and oh. it was just like, oh gosh, really. But the best thing about it was um, he actually got. So my mom used to make fresh because you know my parents are uh, were Indian, well uh, were Indian, and so she'd make fresh kind of chapatis which is flatbread and Mm. he got used to kind of eating this fresh flatbread and randomly raw potatoes I don't even know (laughs) yeah I mean it was like why are you eating raw potatoes mate like seriously (laughs) yeah that is weird (laughs) you have so much and he he had a thing for like so, so my parents used to buy bags, like sacks of potatoes, because we used to have extended family. So there was lots of cooking going on. And he'd tear open this bag of potatoes.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Literally be like, no, it's the first bag. He, he <laughs> would be in there, and it was just the most random thing watching him. It's like, you know, when you, when you see a child kind of opening up a present and they are fascinated by the mm-hmm. box. And that was like his thing it was a bit weird. That's <laughs> <I was just laughs> so like, funny. Okay. Yeah. And it, it was hilarious, but he was, um, he was, yeah, definitely interesting. And he was with us for a long time. So he was 15 when he passed, which mm. is, which, you know, for an Alsatian, which is, you know, what he was. That was a pretty long time.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. a good run.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he was, I mean, to be fair, he was pretty healthy while he was with us although he did oh gosh at one point because um he was like our family guard dog and um my parents used to own a shop so at one point what had happened is um oh gosh it was actually quite sad because we had a burglary but the burglars ended up drugging him oh my gosh so they sedated him while they ransacked the house so they can the trauma the the stress like i mean you know and he he they did actually beat him up quite badly and Hmm. even now talking about it i'm like oh my gosh but people can be so just so evil just so yeah
0: unbelievably yeah so
1: and it was just just really really horrible you know because after that we had to he had been through a traumatic event because on so many levels because he was unable to you know do what he felt what he felt was rightfully his job which was to protect the family and Mm -hmm. and you know however much we see animals as different from us they are not you know when it comes to safety feeling significant and feeling secure all of those things, you know, feeling love and connection, they they that's a natural way to be for them. So for him to be put in this position where he was, you know, everything that he felt safe and happy in was taken away from him, like within the space of a couple of hours, yeah, it was wow. a whole, it, you know, we had to spend a lot of time with him to get him back to feeling that it was okay, you know?
0: Yeah, wow. That's, yeah, that's sad and scary for sure. It's very important for dogs to have a job. Like, no matter what breed, whether they're working class or toy, teacup, poodles, whatever you want to, whatever breed they are, it's very important for dogs to feel that they have a job. And that could be, I walk my human to the door every day and tell her goodbye for work. Or I you know, grab a towel for her in the shower or whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but a lot of the times it is protecting the family. This is my home. This is my family. And I can only imagine how traumatic that would be for everybody involved, not just him, but the family and coming home to yeah. Horrible. Oh my gosh. Horrible. And it's interesting, um, you have probably more experience dealing with traumas and say other people and stuff like that than I do. Um, But I also had a dog that not, not to that extent, but did go through a traumatic experience. He was more bonded with my dad and my dad passed away, away from the home. So he never, my dad never came home to this dog and his personality changed so much. He, he became very ornery, very upset, very confused and, and, and acted out. And it's just interesting if, if I don't know how to, I don't even know how to ask, but like, do you think that there's similarities or differences in the way that an animal would cope with trauma versus like, say we do, or is it the same? Like, like who knows? Could they have passed it down to another another family pet? Or like, how do you think that works?
1: <laughs> Gosh, that is so interesting. And you know, just by looking at what he went through, and I, I immediately for me, um, I, I just I, I compare it to my to my dad to some extent because he. He was six when his, so his dad, my granddad left home to travel from one country to another and never came back. Mm. Um, And then my dad just saw all of his family just kind of leave, either they passed on or they just left. Mm -hmm. And he was feeling quite displaced about that. And he acted out his whole life trying to stabilize himself because of it because he never felt safe or secure. Um, and that resulted in lots of feelings of just not being good enough. And that was passed down. And so I guess when it comes to you know, trauma, when it comes to, especially with Rocky, it took such a long time. And what was really interesting is at that point when this had happened, Rocky actually, he couldn't, um, be around men Mm, yeah so this shift you know from being such a playful kind of dog who was happy to be around uh, around men and women and kids and Mm -hmm. and that that time just shifted for him he had lost trust in men so he would literally be acting out if he heard a voice you know uh, the voice the sound the tone Mm -hmm. the the physical stature for him was just a pure threat so that meant that his relationship with my dad obviously a man and his relationship with my uncle who was very close to him Mm -hmm. became quite hard Mm. they had to rebuild this relationship with him even though rocky I guess on some level knew it wasn't them
0: right
1: but you know when you go through that trauma and I guess it's almost like looking at PTSD to some extent your triggers are always there yeah you know and 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 that's what happened so we actually and interestingly while that was all happening he uh, you know he I would spend a lot of time with him because I guess I I really felt what he was feeling but at the time I didn't quite know that's what was happening Mm -hmm. if you see what I mean
0: yeah definitely so how how did you end up comforting him knowing you know I I do believe in that connection um I had uh, a German shepherd mix and she was a rescue and she was one of the catalysts of me working with dogs she became my friend when we moved to the farm and um she had a problem with males also, and it had a lot to do with whether the man was wearing a hat or a hood. And so, not knowing what kind of trauma she might have gone through, I, I kind of shielded her from that. Whether my um, a friend would come over, I tell them to take off a hat, or if my dad had male friends over that didn't come over very often, I would take her to another part of the yard. And I do, I I feel. I hear what you're saying when you kind of like absorb those like insecurities I think and and then you yeah you totally try to shield them away from what could be triggering so how did how did you end up doing that with Rocky
1: so I then became the main person really to spend that time with him but also I also put myself in a position where I would create that space for him to build up that trust with my Mm. uncle because i was still you know i was still you know maybe late teens so but Mm -hmm. but i was so connected to what he was going through but i also realized that i was at you know school or studying for most of the day so what i had to do was almost like create that space for him where he felt safe so, so i did have to spend i spent a lot of time actually interestingly i actually spent a lot of time sleeping in the same room as rocky mm, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so so what we had done is i would moved my bed up into his space so he had his own dedicated bedroom because we had this you know we had a lot of space which allowed for that to happen and in order to rebuild that it wasn't even a case of I had to bring him into my space it was a case of me really having to go into his yeah. and I just and and that was that is what was happening is I was actually sleeping with him because um I guess I had my own challenges or insecurities and whatever that I had to process and deal with and and that was actually really really nice to be able to do that um, mm-hmm. and so when he did nod off when he felt ready to to head off to sleep then I would potentially move into my space or you know or whatever have you mm-hmm. that was and it's, it's 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 only now when I'm actually reflecting on how much you know that feeling was because I guess again he himself had connections with people who just didn't come back or had had almost like been duped because the the when it came to this this burglary that we had the theory was that um, my parents were having building work done on their house at the time. And the theory was that it was the burglars were the builders. Oh, wow. And so, so for, you know, again, from a human perspective and from an animal perspective is you've developed a relationship, you've built trust.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: gone just like that. So when you're, when you're feeling that as you, as a person for an animal, it's, probably very confusing just like it would be for a child Mm -hmm. because things in the animal world just like they are for children are quite black and white
0: yeah yep I can I can definitely see that for sure where are you and your siblings how many siblings do you have
1: oh so I've got three um so I'm the eldest and I have two younger sisters but at that point it would have just been me and my younger sister because the little one wasn't born yet at that point
0: Okay. Do you think that your sister had a similar experience and, or did she relate to Rocky at all?
1: Yeah. It's, it, you know, when we talk about this, we related to him on very different levels. So, but for me, it, it was more of a soul connection, but for her, it was definitely almost like a, they were the same. If you see what I mean, they were like friends who, who mm. were always together he he was definitely it and that's the other thing is I was more protective of him where he was more protective of her
0: Mm, okay yeah
1: you know it was like that was almost like our kind of a kind of dynamic if you see Mm -hmm. what I mean um yeah and it just kind of naturally happened that way you know Mm. but it was it was because of this he realized very quickly that I could sense what he was thinking or feeling very quickly Mm -hmm. Whereas with my sister, there was a sense of protection where he had to protect her. That was his job. Um, and, and when this burglary happened, again, I wasn't there. So, so I felt, I guess on some level, I felt this sense of um, responsibility mm. to, to help him feel that trust again because I wasn't there to protect him.
0: Right, yes. these feelings, I can't relate to the experience obviously, but the feelings of that connection are definitely resonating for me. That same German shepherd, um, she ended up getting health issues like hip dysplasia and some other things and it got really bad. And I was probably 14 or 15 and she was my best friend, like I said, and I, had this knowing that it was her time to go and no little kid wants to say (laughs) take away my best friend right so it was like this huge ordeal and I worked up the courage and I told my mom I'm like Chelsea wants to leave Chelsea says it's time to go and my mom's like are you sure but And I'm like the state of quality of life that she was in was not (laughs) was not good and so my mom agreed and decided to call the vet and I said the only thing I need the only thing I need from this situation is to be there can you make the appointment for after school so that I can be with her and they agreed and the next day so it was like two days out right so the next day she was so happy It's like this weight lifted from her, and she was a completely different dog. She, she, I think she just knew that I had that conversation and that I made the appointment and it was time. And she's like, Yes, let's do this. And so that day was like the best we'd seen her in a long, long time. And then the next day was when the vet was coming out. The vet came out, saw how happy she was, and said that she couldn't do it. She wasn't going to go through with it because she couldn't put down this dog that was clearly very happy. (laughs) And I about died because it took enough out of me to just come out and be like, it's time. She told me she wants to go. And we made this appointment for the time that worked for all of us. And that's it. And so the vet left and that next week, I think it was a week or two weeks between the time we actually got it to happen and the time that we had scheduled for complete downhill, like worse than before, like completely like gave up all hope. And I was devastated, obviously, to the point where mom just made the appointment and did it without me. So now I wasn't even able to be there with her. And I just felt this complete guilt of like, we had this agreement, her and I decided that it was her time to go. And she wanted me to be there. And I tried to make it happen, but the adults wouldn't listen. <laughs> and, and then it happened without me. And for years, years, I sat with this guilt and this anger that I wasn't able to be with her on the, in the moment that she needed me the most. And it's like, I still maybe have some grieving to do over that but um yeah that 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 notion of just like not being able to do what you can because you're physically not there to do it and it's like so hard so i can only imagine having having rocky go through something like that without you being there and being that intricate part of of his life and his family that uh yeah i just no words <laughs>
1: No words. Yeah, uh, gosh. Yeah. It. It. it like, yeah. Exactly. Like I said. No words. It's such a. It's just so important. You know, it's so important to, just to be there. I. You know, because the whole. So you know when, when Lucky became. Um, you know when it was his time to go again it was the same it was very similar it was like no it's his time but I wasn't ready to accept that mm-hmm. because I hadn't been there for him and what had happened is you know he was 15 years old so you know that's a long time in dog food. yeah and he he was You know, and and I think so. Literally, so at this point, we were living somewhere else, and there was a um, a big park right behind our garden, which was already quite big. So, being out with him was possible a lot more that you know than it had been previously. So, you know, that was constantly there, and just having this excited, he was so excited to see us when we got Mm -hmm. back and when we were there, (laughs) that it was just magic you know just magic and so when he started to i I wanna i almost feel like after after that kind of after that traumatic experience for him i i almost feel like he'd lost a part of himself and this is where his i want to say his wisdom kind of took over if that makes sense Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he was very guarded around people. So he, he realized he still had this role as the family dog and he was there to kind of, you know, he knew he was here to kind of, to, to serve because that's what he saw himself as. Mm-hmm. But when it was his time to go, it was, oh, it was really, really, really hard because hard in the sense that again he 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 moved himself away from everyone else and just gravitated to me and he would just lay there with his head in my lap so i sat there and i refused to go to school i refused to do anything because he just wanted that and i would spend my time you know giving him, feeding him water through, you know, through a syringe or just, just keeping Mm -hmm. him there, but he was ready. And it was like, even though I wasn't ready to accept that, the other part of me was very much like, no, he is ready. He needs to go. And I'm having this conversation with my dad. I'm like, dad, you need to take him to the vet now. Um, but At the same time, the childhood naivety in me was saying, "No, you're going to take him to the vet because he's going to get better." Yeah, you know. And yet, Mm -hmm. the 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 my truth feeling was, "No, it's his time to go." So when you kind of when you have all all these different things happening, and you know, he's there, he's ready he's actually saying to me let me go actually that's what he's saying Uh, because everyone else had almost like I I can't say made their peace but had come to some level of acceptance but it it felt it felt like he knew that I was the one that hadn't Mm -hmm. which is why he was just stuck to me like you don't want to move I'm not moving but you need to (laughs) shift on this you know it was it was this and i just remember just looking at him just being there with him and his eyes were just so like it's okay you know you Aww. have to do this and and it's and it, you know now we're, we're in a different space right because we spoke about this last time when we're looking at getting a family dog and it's a big deal because mm-hmm. you know Rocky was. I after that, I never, I never actually went on to have another dog or have a cat um, because it never happened. But I recognise now that when you talk about grieving, it's still, it's not something I have done yet because it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. enough to
1: do right yeah, yeah
0: definitely it's something that I feel well if you've had pets growing up that it's just kind of like a normal rite of passage per se as you grow older or if you have to move away and and the pets are like still at home um but nobody really I feel nobody takes the time to process any of those because it is just like a normal, well, I'm advancing with my life and that part just isn't coming with me or isn't part of my life anymore. And it's, I think it's just because their, their souls make such a huge imprint on ours, that it's something that's completely necessary to do, but not normalized enough. And I'm not sure how to start that process, but um, it could be moving on to another pet, you know, it could just be finding another addition to the family, or it could be a whole lot more work, shadow work, all that stuff. Or, um, as we're talking about the goldfish, like how do those perceptions that Rocky had or Chelsea had, how do those teach us in our years to come? Or how do we apply those lessons to our life? Like so many different ways to go about it, but I think it's very, necessary and needed to process those things but not many people talk about it um how many so how many children do you have two right three
1: three think about that for a second yeah (laughs) definitely three yeah so so the ideal for me the ideal situation would be to have two dogs (laughs) and I say that and just say my husband is in the room so now that I've said two dogs (laughs) commitment although he he was potentially thinking about babies now I'm not into that <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah no, a lot definitely. more work <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely into furry friends but what are you
0: hoping what are you hoping that this addition or possible two additions <laughs> to the family will bring your children as they grow up
1: oh that connection you know I think Having a connection to an animal really allows human intuition to flourish, you know. Yes, because it really allows you to look, feel, think, and sense beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. And and that, and that's one thing that we don't do enough of anyway. You know, when we yes. most of us don't even have a level of self-awareness. So, <laughs> and and by you know we get almost like fixated on so much on the outside but actually if you can I, I feel like having having a connection to animals is is, is almost like moving sideways rather than moving outwards mm. because it's an extension of you it's an extension of of life it's you know and it, yes yeah.
0: that's it's beautifully said <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you but yeah that's what it feels like and what what it allows us to do is is to explore ourselves as individuals with the, the addition of of these other these other kind of people well people these other beings mm-hmm. people <laughs> yeah these other people because they come with their own characteristics they come with their own way to navigate life and the world and and you know the other thing about kind of animals generally but dogs specifically for me is that that you know I'm, I'm again the whole spirituality thing comes into it but I love the connection with the otherworldliness because animals sense in such a different way and I'm open to that sensing and yes. I feel that that is a very very important thing to a great way to ground children
0: Mm, yes, I obviously I don't have children. Um, and I've only been close with a few younger people. <laughs> Most recently, my niece who just turned five. Um, but children and animals are both on that same plane, where they're fresh enough to the earth that they still have that connection to otherworldly things. Um, that as adults, we are either taught out of or forget or have to start relearning. And if you can have that connection as you're younger, I feel like it'll be more sustainable if you're growing up together in union with the animals that maybe as an adult will have to unlearn less or unforget less or <laughs> however, I'm not sure if these words are coming out properly, but just that union together once you become an adult then you're not fighting to hear the intuition or fighting to hear spirit when you're just already immersed in that that lifestyle or that that way of thinking and feeling I don't know if that makes any sense but it kind of makes sense in my brain (laughs) no
1: no it does it makes absolute sense you know a lot of uh, you know uh, dog owners like will turn their dog and say what is it what is happening you know they they ask Mm -hmm. these questions because they are curious or inquisitive or want to know uh, but and they also because they want to serve the dog in a way that's going to be meaningful and right for for them but for you know for what the pet is asking for so when you have that kind of connection uh, it's almost like a communication channel open with Mm -hmm. um, an animal who isn't able to communicate using the same tools that you do it does just naturally open you up because Mm -hmm. you're having to think and feel and process and really try to understand just like you would do with a baby yes (laughs) you know you have to kind of be okay what is it that you want how is this working and it does change that and when you're actually doing it you know with an animal who looks physically different to you you're able to open up to looking at all of the different things and really being in acceptance of that
0: yes
1: so good so good
0: <laughs> so has your husband um grown up with animals
1: no he hasn't
0: no no experience with animals no, no. <laughs> Ooh, how do you think yeah. that's gonna play in the dynamics of the family
1: you know what's interesting is he has actually been more open to to getting a dog or just kind of being open to having whereas I've got to this point where I'm like I actually want my house to be good then the dog can come in because uh-huh. I want everything <laughs> to be ready for, for the dog to move yes. in because because I know, I know how important it is from having Rocky and from having, so what had happened in, in that situation was he'd gone from having his own space to having to downsize to not having much space. And mm. that, I felt really kind of, I felt that was really unfair for him. Yeah. You know? and, and that's what I don't want is, I don't want the dogs to be like add-ons, you know. Right. Because, mm-hmm. You know, it's just that whole thing. It's like, you know, you have a kid and, you don't have to think much about it because you're human therefore you must know what to do with a human (laughs) child which isn't even true right (laughs) no (laughs) it's so much rubbish and and you know we are giving a lot more thought to to having dogs in our life because you know there are five of us here and all of us have different kind of you know lives different things different things happening and actually having the dog will allow us to be rooted. <laughs> the groaning.
0: <laughs> yes, now Lena has something to say.
1: <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> oh, I love them. But, um, yeah, so it would just allow us to be more grounded grounded in that, actually. Together. Mm, I love be, that. It's almost like a shared project.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. What do you think the... this might be an impossible question to answer, (laughs) but what do you think the most important lesson you learned as a child by having an animal present? I don't even know if I can answer that question, but I just throw it out there.
1: (laughs) I like that. it's, It's a big question. It's, it's an interesting question because I feel like when I reflect now, what, what I learned the most from Rocky was was almost trust yourself Mm. because he did trust himself other people yeah but other people took that away from him
0: right you know yes yes wow that's powerful and like i said i don't know if i could ever answer that question myself specifically but i do believe that each animal has kind of their own their own lesson to give you know with their own personalities and their own ways of of living and navigating this world they each have just this little spark to ignite in somebody else right so riders definitely my my like Giving and 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 mutual respect and enthusiasm, dog. Where Elena's more like my, I am worthy. I am. I don't know how to explain it. She's just always there, present and receiving. Where Ryder is there, present and giving. And so it's kind of like this, this interesting dynamic of finding a balance on how they work together and how I'm supposed to learn to find that balance in myself and like how the universe and all of us work together. Like you don't have to worry. I'm going to get it. Whether somebody gives it to me or the universe gives it to me, it's going to come. (laughs) And like all these different animals. I mean, of course they have numerous lessons, but those are the ones that stand out right away. And it's just interesting to 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 try to dive deeper into what they really are here for. I think every animal was placed into our life for a specific reason, obviously many reasons, but but the very predominant lesson that they're here to teach us and how we're supposed to navigate after knowing that lesson. And of course, like, like with Rocky, you know, you you could get your lesson twenty years down the road after he's been absent from your life. You just never know, and be like, oh, remember that one time he did da 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 da, and like it'll start clicking. And the, like I've had that happen with with my very first pet was a rabbit named Clover, <laughs> and he. I was very young and was not responsible enough to have a pet and I don't even know what happened to him (laughs) I came home one day and the cage door was open and I asked my dad where Clover went and he goes well you didn't take care of him he left I literally don't know what happened whether he whether my parents gave him away or literally I don't think they would let him go but that's how they perceived the situation we just opened the door let him go because you didn't care about him (laughs) but it's like I often think about if I was the parent in that situation how would I have handled it or how did Clover feel just being lifted up and taken away to a new life or like I don't know it's like and that happened 30 years ago (laughs) so weird
1: (laughs) it's amazing though because each one of those you know those pets those relationships those events those incidents are they all happen for a reason right mm-hmm. sometimes we just don't know what the reason is and at the time nothing made sense right but now you're looking back and it's like oh okay so there is a possibility that that that, that they they couldn't given it away but why would they have done that i don't <laughs> I know i don't know but and maybe clover just had enough Maybe you know, maybe Clover felt you were just too young for the job. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, so crazy. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about Eternal Paradigm and how that came about?
1: Oh yes. Okay. So uh, yeah, Eternal Paradigm was a, a, a lockdown thing, actually, mm. <laughs> a kind of global lockdown when everybody's having some level of spiritual shifts and awakening well a lot of the people that I have connected with have <laughs> I appreciate that there is a whole contingent of people who have their own challenges around what's happened which is which is what it is mm-hmm. um so yeah so it all kind of started last year actually so my dad passed away and he passed right at the beginning of the pandemic when things were a total mess everywhere nothing was cleared no clarity on what was happening and um and that was like a it was almost actually prior to my dad passing away it was always like a a whole kind of journey sort of thing mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted to to talk about some of it. I didn't know how much, but I knew I wanted to talk about some of it. And then it, when lockdown happened, my dad passed away, lots of kind of things surfaced. And I had this realization that I just wanted to, I know so many incredible people. That's where it was. It was like, I know so many incredible people. I have some element of a story to tell. How do I get all of these people out there to talk? And, um, not really one for, you know, kind of uh, YouTube, no kind of video, (laughs) not feeling it, not feeling the video, all about audio though, audio works for me, and I thought, you know what, I, I, so then I wrote, I wrote a few things out and kind of mulled over the idea, and then it got to September, and I was like, no, something has to change, because, you know, three years ago, kind of a a year ago, I was in a dark place and, you know, I was in in that place of darkness. I didn't wanna wake up, I didn't wanna carry on living. So, and it was this realization that there are lots of people out there that are going through this. And I just had to do something about it. I didn't know what it was gonna be. So I recorded this episode and just put it out there. (laughs) And then recorded another one and put it out there and then um, got some kind of guests to come and talk to me and just kept kind of posting. And one thing led to another and it was like, wow, people actually want to hear this. This is cool. So Eternal Paradigm is a combination of um, personal insights, but really it's about me talking to guests about human experience and you know from an emotional mental spiritual and physical perspective so it's a collection of stories from different people about what life has been like for them or what a certain aspect of life has showed up for them and that's it really (laughs)
0: love it love it so I'm definitely going to link your show in my show notes so all of our listeners can hop over there too because it is well worth listening to and of course if you've um, are connecting with this episode and Ermi in, in any way any fashion which I'm sure you are you'll have to follow her over there as well
1: thank you That's
0: you welcome time. tell me and would you like to share with our listeners also about what you do
1: yes absolutely yes so I so day job is I'm a creativity coach and a hypnotherapist stroke a rapid transformational therapist so I have trained with Marissa Peer. Uh, Rapid Transformational Therapy is a form of hypnotherapy which really uh, combines uh, kind of a neurological approach, CBT, NLP and it really, really gets to the root cause of the problem um, and helps, really helps empower people to understand what the problem is and then we create like a bespoke recording to help fill in reprogram the space the ideas and kind of almost work out any limiting beliefs so people can live the life that they want
0: (laughs) love that so do you have any um specialties or is just person by person basis on what you're working on
1: yeah so it's really person by person so what I have found is I get a lot I've had a lot of so gosh just lots of different things so it could be fear of public speaking you know it could be um love and relationships uh, weight management um just eating healthily uh, anxiety is another one anxiety and depression mm, yes which is you know which is uh, interesting you know anxiety is huge at the moment especially with the, the world being in the state that it's in mm-hmm. you know and um <clears throat> Yeah, so it's really dependent on the person Um, and it just literally goes from there. So, you know, so anyone could come and see me. If I feel that there's something that I can't do, that's okay because I have a network of incredible people who I work with who there's always a kind of a specialist there.
0: Awesome. So how do people get a hold of you to go about that work?
1: Oh, see, this is the thing, so check this out (laughs) I have a website for that for that side of things coming very soon okay um yeah and uh, which I'll share with you as well cool and um yeah and you know the the thing is is if there's ultimately I'll go kind of go back to this it's so I kind of see it's almost like a three-pronged approach so there's the coaching side of things then there's the hypnotherapy, which I also do with the coaching. But actually, the podcast is a way of bringing all of that together, mm. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Because I love that. Yeah. So that's kind of it. But yeah, people can kind of get in touch with me, you know, on Instagram or via the podcast.
0: I've heard good things about hypnosis and um, just being able to put myself in kind of a meditative state has helped. So if I could be guided in any way, I believe that'd be super beneficial.
1: Absolutely. We can absolutely do that. So
0: yeah. I have two closing questions that I usually ask my guests, if you would oblige.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, what lights you up?
1: Oh, gosh, this is hard because I kind of want to say everything
0: <laughs> that is an amazing answer
1: I want to say everything but then but then you know uh, at the same time it's like the mother in me is like obviously it's my children <laughs> yes <Obviously. laughs> like, but yes that they are a part of my everything so everything that is true
0: oh my gosh love it <laughs> and what makes you unique
1: Ooh, okay, this is really hard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, see, okay, this is what happened. So I thought I had a really unique name for years, okay? Then Facebook came along and totally ruined that. Movie, <laughs> right? Because it's not true. There are like millions of people out there with my name. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, you're the only one I know. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good thing. So that yeah. makes me unique.
0: <laughs> yes. I love it. I, yes. I actually have never seen your name before, before meeting you. When I joined the group that we are in together, that we're in a podcasting mastermind group together. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that group has such unique names that I'm just like, wow, did they pick us out because of our names?
1: <laughs> Yes, we
0: do. I am now in over my head. Now I've now I know what people feel like when they see my name and don't know where to start. I'm like, I can take a stab at it and because it's online, nobody hears me pronounce it. (laughs) But oh my gosh. Yeah, I have never I've never met or seen the name Ermi before and I love it. And now you are the standard for Ermi's, which is amazing. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and spending your time with me. This was amazing. And I love connecting with you on any level. And I hope that you know that.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Seriously. Likewise, it's just incredible. It's so lovely. It's a shame that we have to do this like over Zoom and then we can't catch up over coffee. I know. And lounge around and chill out. <laughs>
0: One day I'll make it to the UK, I hope. That would be amazing. And whenever you're over in the States, definitely hop up to Washington. And of course, our friend Trish in Arizona, which would be amazing too. We should meet yeah. her there. <laughs> yes,
1: that's what we should do. Oh, that would be incredible. Just
0: surprise her.
1: Yay. Yes. <laughs> well, if she hears this and you don't edit it out, then totally she'll know Yeah. out yes. at some point. <laughs>
0: And on that note, I hope that you enjoyed Ermi and I's chat today about animals and connection with um, children and the childhood experiences we've had with the animals in our lives. And um, I'd love to hear any thoughts or any stories you might have about childhood animals when you were growing up. You can hit me up on Instagram at the spiritual dog mom. Um, And also, I would love, love, love if you would go over and give The Eternal Paradigm some love. Go ahead and give her a follow over there and check out her podcast because it is absolutely brilliant. And as you can tell from today's episode, she is just an absolute doll. I love her to pieces. And Miss Trish, we're coming to see you. (laughs) Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. thank you for listening to today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming your light. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You do not need outside validation anymore. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. If you love what you heard today and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected, but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support keeps the content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com support. While you're there, check out all the ways we can connect further with details on my monthly membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right-hand corner. Until next time, friends, I love you.